Life Audio. Today on Talk About That, John has a late night thanks to T-Swift and some T-Storms and reveals how long he needs to know someone before going in for a hug. Meanwhile, I explain why there's a phone booth on top of the courthouse in Lincoln, Illinois, and I spend a lot of money on my dog's knees. Plus a conversation about cynicism and hopefulness and why it's always more courageous to believe the best in people. Today's episode is not sponsored by party-sized bags of potato chips. Look, we know there's no party. Just eat the chips, you weirdo. But first, a word from our actual sponsor. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. It's 45 minutes to an hour of pure adrenaline. Let's talk about that. I'm John here with Johnny. What's the the time frame is interesting. (laughs) 45 minutes to an hour. It's like when you see, there used to be a community that would say, if if you have like a party invitation and it says 730 to question mark, Uh the answer to that question is 745. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like having ending points, but you know, Johnny, we... What we do is is we don't we don't. It's let. free form jazz odyssey. Yeah. You set, can't put us in a box. Just because we set targets doesn't mean we have to hit the bulls. Literally, I won't fit in a box. I'm six four, two hundred. Right. What size pounds. of a box is required for a man of your stature? I'm trying to find a gigantic box now because Curry has this old uh, runner's wheelchair that she's trying to uh-huh. like give to somebody. Okay, because she doesn't use it, and it's for her. She takes care of a lady named Tabby. Well, Tabby doesn't. She didn't like riding in the chair. Okay. It's one of those. It's like a canvas sling kind of a chair. Yeah. So we're trying to give it to somebody, but like you have to pay shipping, but it's a thousand dollar chair. Yeah. And I was like, I can't. And I, she shows me all the parts. It's in, it folds up, but it's huge. Yeah. And I'm like, we don't have a box for this. To, so now I have to find. How are you going to like ship searching it? for a box now to. So you're trying to be altruistic. Yes. But in the middle of it, mm-hmm. it costs. There's right. a price for being altruistic, and you're saying you're not willing to pay it. It's not that. Like, you want to be generous, uh-huh. but you don't want to lose too much. Like, you want to be a giver. Right. But not if it makes me lose anything. <laughs> Can I keep... Is there a way to keep the chair? Wasn't it David that said, I will not give to the Lord that which costs me nothing? Mm. And you are literally withholding that because it costs something. And I think that... I don't think David ever had to mail a wheelchair. <laughs> it is true. You can't You can't find this exact scenario in the Bible. No. No. I've looked. Mm-mm. So, yeah. yeah. But if you're, if you're out, out there, there... If you're out there, you can want, <laughs> Dear listener, if you'd like a runner's wheelchair. Um, this guy just passed away yesterday. I told my wife, and she literally teared up at the table. There was a guy, I think his name was Hoyt, and he you've seen posts about him. He's pretty famous because he had a disabled son who he would push yeah, I've never on seen triathlons. Yeah, yeah. He did like a thousand races yeah. with his son, and he passed away, uh-huh. I think it was this week. 
And so there was this big dedication on Facebook, and it was all these photos of him pushing his disabled son. And I mean, it made me it made me cry. But I, when I told her, she was like, "Mr. Hoyt," like she knew his name, and like yeah. he's so famous in the disability community. Uh, and uh, I don't know, man, what an what an inspiration that guy. Yeah, just like trying to give his son a good. And he had a foundation yep. in his son's name, and he raised money. And it's just so I don't know. There's just some people like that. You just go, man, they really stepped out of themselves and gave and what I'm doing is right not doing that but, you're doing something I think it's kind of like that yeah except minus the part that's inspirational I want to be an inspiration it's just exhausting <laughs> you know who really has time you know how much energy it takes I think here's the thing I want to be one I think one step below I think I'm one step below inspiration okay I'm a cautionary tale okay that's just it's just people still take action based on my actions. Right. They just go, whatever you do, don't do that. Don't. <laughs> you need to zig when he zagged. That's just as good. I think it works. It's fun. I think it works. Do you think you're inspirational? No. 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 I'm inspired by you. Well, thanks. Come on, man. You're a good dad. Um, Let me tell you what John did last night. Ooh. John, you knew you were in for a long night. You did not know how long the night was going to get. John did a little thing called buy tickets three months out for Taylor Swift for his daughter and his wife. Yeah. And not cheap. He told me the amount. I'm not going to say it on the air because it's an embarrassing amount. I'm embarrassed. And now you've said that people know I should be embarrassed. Like Like one time I had a comedy bit that was based in reality and it was about my dogs and how I spent. Uh, twenty five hundred dollars on two on each knee of my dog that was yeah. a rescue dog because his he blew out his ACLs and he blew out one I fixed it he blew out the other and I said it was twenty five hundred dollars blah 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 and I told this story to Martin I go I'm trying to make this into a bit about why I need the money to do comedy because blah 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 and then he goes is that real <laughs> I go yeah he goes please don't tell anybody you spent he goes you already don't have kids people are not going to understand. Right. That I go, well, dog owners get it. He goes, no. He goes, say 700. Say, wow. say any other amount than $2,500 each knee. Per knee. Per knee. Oh, so you spent. So over the course, it was over the course of like three years. Well, if you spread out $5,000 over three years. That's still a lot. That's, for a, that's a for really a bad dog. payout from an injury attorney. Yeah. But it's bad. But I, but all that said, that's this is how you're 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 like John. Please don't tell any. Ugh. But all that said, John went. He so he goes. I'll drop the girls off. I go. Why didn't you go? You're the biggest Taylor Swift fan I know, other well, than your daughter. That's... He goes. Well, I didn't. I didn't want to get a third ticket. I go. They were that much. He goes. Oh yeah. <laughs> so he drops them off. You taught. You texted me because I go. This is the big night. He go. You go. Yeah. I'm in for a long night. I'm gonna camp out. At a restaurant or something downtown. Because you knew not to go back home and then try to get back in the fray. Right. Because if you didn't know this, 180,000 people came to see Taylor Swift this weekend. Over the course in of Nashville, three. Over the course of three nights. Yeah, tight, and weather was, an, weather was a risk all three nights. Right. There was fear of it. Because it's first of all, it's Tennessee. Mm. And you just never know what's right. going to blow up. But they were predicting some chance of rain. And even some lightning. So it's already just a nightmare. Just the idea of putting that much money out there. And if she put money out there too, come on, T-Swift, oh, she's got risk incurred. Oh, yeah. But you just thought, I'll camp out at this restaurant, I'll get some writing done. Which I did. Then I'll pick up the girls at 11 o'clock, 11.30. There we go. Easy peasy, beautiful. Bob's what, your uncle. But what happened was not that. No, it was not. Uh, and I believe Sunday, which is when we went, Sunday was the least amount of weather chances. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know Earlier that. in the week. They felt most confident. Yeah, it was yeah. like 30% or something. Mm-hmm. And guys, let me tell you something. I've always said that we're one in a million in yeah. our family. Right. But whatever the percentages were, we You were one in three. You chose we, you chose the, yeah. thir- the one in three nights that was the- Yeah. We blew those odds out of the water. Yeah. So it literally, it, there's a lot of water. So much water. A lot of water. And the deal is they'll do the concert in rain. Yes. But not in lightning- and mm-hmm. so the rule is you can't have lightning within eight miles of the stadium for 30 minutes. That's the, they call it the M&M rule. Do they? Yeah, because of eight mile. Oh. <laughs> you know. 
Because, <laughs> you know, listen, listen. I was really slow in that Because it's like the music and the moment. She wanted yeah. it. You never... <laughs> you better never let it go. You only get... Okay, go ahead. I do get hyped to that song. I don't care. It doesn't matter. If you hear that song... You can't... It's like it's I can per- go into preach it's, and listen to that it's song. It's perfect. Yeah. It's a perfect song. Yeah. It's like uh even if you've had a good life, you can pace around and be like, like they don't you know, know what, what I, they don't know what I got. See this, I got mom's spaghetti right here on my shirt. Uh-huh. And I got up there and blew it and yeah. I had to go back. back and you're like, lab. "Aren't you a trust fund kid?" They go, "Yeah, but yeah. you don't mom, know." Mom makes great spaghetti. She makes amazing. <laughs> well, our maid. Right. Our, our chef. Jeeves made the spaghetti. <laughs> he made the spaghetti. Jeeves spaghetti is a different. Anyway, so eight miles is the rule, right? It's the circumference of the. Yeah, that's that's like Nissan Stadium. The rule danger zone. Yeah. So like literally I drop the girls off. It's it's kind of raining. They're going to walk in the stadium. I go find my spot, which is Pinewood Social, which is a really great that's place a great, to be. And yeah. I, got, I got my good seat there, uh-huh. which is away from the tables. So you can kind of hang out all night. And man, I'm watching the radar and they get in there. Mm-hmm. And like within thirty minutes, they move them all into the concourses, and this is where things got right bad. This is that Titans football stadium, by the yeah. way. So it's eighty thousand or well, sixty thousand, sixty thousand seats. But there's seventy coming to the shows. Oh, really? Yeah they they set the record the two nights before. It's 70, oh, because they're letting people on the field, which means two hundred and ten thousand people. Yeah, it's nuts. Or so came over Just the course nuts. of the weekend, and literally they pushed them like sardines into this concourse mm-hmm. and for a, the next three and a half to four hours yeah it was just bedlam I teenage mean, girls and their parents are weeping yeah, openly laura La- La- I mean, they have ponchos on but they're like of course everyone's wearing cowboy boots and stuff their right. boots are filling up the ponchos are just the water's just running off because it's coming in where they are which sounds like a country song my yeah, boots my are filling boots up you're filling up anyway <laughs> <laughs> um like you can't they couldn't get to the bathrooms because no one could move. I bet people, some people made their own. Uh, Let me just say. I don't know what you're going to do for that amount of time. Well. And Laura was like texting me. fill up their me. boots. That's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> She's texting me. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, I'm, I'm freaking out a little bit because it's very, it's a very helpless situation. Yeah. Because you're thinking, let me, let me ask you, let's triage it and be honest. Okay. There Was there the expense incurred? That's one thing. Okay. And then there's the, my teenage daughter is, is completely disappointed uh-huh. and this night could be ruined for uh-huh. her. Is it one in one A? Is it like one is way far down the list? Um, you know, I, I, think, I want you to be honest with me. I think a question of that level of honesty probably would take me just a second to think about. Okay. So why don't we just take a break sure. to hear from a few of our sponsors. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. Honestly, yeah, you want real honesty. I do. The daughter's experience, because here's yeah. the, is number one, right? Because the, the money's gone, right? The money's gone, and now it's about like the, the money already proves the money I, was for the experience. Correct. The money yeah. proves that I cared that much more about the daughter's experience, right? Yes. But the fact that the money is spent, mm-hmm. and like we're just Laura and I at one point like, okay, guys, just text that you're going to reschedule or that there's a refund. Like we need one of those two things, right? Like. But I was thinking, how do you reschedule? Remember where Garth Brooks had to cancel? Mm-hmm. Nightmare. Like, you you can. I read the article on it while I was sitting there. Because I'm literally firing. My daughter is texting me, like, nonstop. She's like, this is now the worst night ever. Oh. You know, she, she's low. Laura's like, uh, there's a grown woman laying in the floor sobbing next to me. Right. People are having panic attacks. We're freezing. Our feet are soaking wet. We're cold. Yeah. Nobody has food. And I'm sitting, you know, I guess half a mile away or less. Right. And the key, I mean, the lightning is flashing. And every time the lightning flashes, I'm like, we just lost 30 more minutes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I'm now watching this radar like an amateur meteorologist yeah. would do. 
and I'm sending her screenshots because she doesn't have a good enough internet uh-huh. there. Like, here's where I see. I think I think by seven fifteen you might see it, and then this storm just kept creeping south. Yeah. Uh huh. Like I'm praying. And it's just hovering over the stadium too. It's and not she's moving like, fast. My back is killing me. We're standing here. We can't move. Sadie is in tears, you know, but she's holding it together pretty good. But there's girls crying everywhere. Yeah, I mean, how could you not? Yeah, that would make me cry. It's awful. I mean, it's an awful situation, yeah. and and they're just very uncomfortable. And everything. I was like, this is not. And you can't leave even if you wanted to. You can't get to the yeah, bathroom. They're not gonna let them out because they're they're on shelter in place. Somebody told me that there were pe- they told people to stay in their cars if you were coming yeah. from your car, stay in your car. And then I heard that some people did leave and could not get back in, which I can't understand because if you still had a ticket on your phone, I don't know. Maybe that's just Twitter nonsense, I but know. I just read it somewhere. Well, I was figuring, and Andrew and I were texting back, because people were, you were texting me, Andrew was texting me, people were like, what is going on? Well, I was, was worried everybody? about Sadie and Laura's, because I was like, immediately, <clears throat> my heart went out, I was like, this is, I can totally, this would be oh. awful. I mean, we've been listening to T-Swift a lot. Like, this has been a big thing. And Are you, would you consider yourself a Swifty? Uh, I'm an admirer. Are you in the Swift army? <laughs> I would say... Um, that this was, I'm not going to be, I don't think that this is histrionics to say this, Johnny. Okay. I think that this concert was probably the concert of the decade in Nashville. Maybe. And the reason I say that is. She set the record. She set the record. She's the first artist to ever sell out Nissan Stadium three right. nights in a row. And she doesn't tour every year. It's been five years right. since her last tour. So there's a scarcity. Right. And she's doing it's the Eras tour, and now she owns her mat like she's out from under the bad deal, right? So this is her big like coming out party, and literally she's doing a forty-five song set. I mean, she is yeah. doing major tracks from sure. every record, so it's kind of the big walk through your you know whole mm-hmm. discography kind of thing, All right? Surprise guest because it's Nashville. She can get anybody she wants. Yep, and my kid's fourteen only once, right? And that's what I thought. I was like. The reason I say the decade, if this happens again, my, let's just say if it follows the same, Sadie would be 19. Yeah. And you'll never be 14 again whenever you, this was your favorite. This sounds like a Taylor Swift song. It really does. <laughs> you'll never be 14 again. <laughs> Her song 15 really is. She has a song called 15 and a song called 22, and they're both, for mm-hmm. those of us who have been through those ages, they're, mm-hmm. they're really good. Like, oh yeah, like good reflections. But anywho, um... So, yeah, it was about my kid and the experience and about my wife, mm-hmm. who is like... But you're also in your mind going, we're going to have to do this again. You're already looking at going on the road and doing this again. Like, but, where, in, where is she going to be next? In, in the hopes of a I refund. I got to load the car up. In the hopes of a refund. Although I was thinking... They you brought, would do it without a refund. You know, though. they had 50 tractor trailers and yeah. like 25 flatbeds just to get the stage in. And that was, is 48 more than I use for my show. <laughs> and the deal was... that the, My two are just snacks. Yeah, you can't. The, two just, they're trailers just full of Funyuns. Just snacks and Funyuns. <laughs> and the deal is I was thinking, these are already here. The gas mm-hmm. money's already been right. spent. Like the it's crew's already hired. You can't just give the refund. Yeah, it's a crazy experience. It's a crazy like, situation. There's no winning. Like to cancel it, you know they didn't want to cancel it either. No. They were like, if we have to go on at midnight, we will. And so then, which so is went, her thing, by the way. So it went from a late night to like, I kept texting you. Well, we knew it was going to be a late night. This is going to be. Yeah. Do you still want to record tomorrow? Because you're yeah. going to be fried. Yeah. I said you're not going to get home till four a.m. I no, and again, part of this, Laura and I are very partnership and parenting. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm. I'm. I'm against that. A lot I know of people say. That's the way you should do it. And you've always said I'm that. I'm like, one person should be the like completely overbearing right. the fist. And the other... The iron fist. The, the other, other should cower and be the yeah. doormat. And I've chosen that role. Well, I mean, it is suits you well. Okay, go ahead, though. It does. Go ahead and pat yourself on the back for being in a partnership marriage again. No, I'm patting my wife on the back. Okay. Yeah, I appreciate that, though. Like, this... She's in there suffering. Yes. And I'm sitting in a really nice yeah. coffee shop. And then two other guys, so... Uh, Katie, like, can you warm this up for me? <laughs> oh, burnt myself. Um, <laughs> like uh, Aaron, you know Aaron yes. and his wife Katie. Katie works on staff, and Aaron's mm-hmm. our pastor's youngest son. And then you have Jake and Abby, who's our Jake's our youth pastor, and Abby's our girls director, creative director, worship director. Like she, you know, right. the final family. So Katie and Abby are stuck inside too. Mm-hmm. And so the guys, they knew I was working because I talked that earlier to them earlier that day. They're like, "Hey, are uh, you still at uh, Pinewood?" I was like, "Yeah." 
how would you feel about a couple of young adults coming and hanging out? <laughs> I was like, dude, come on. So we, we're sitting there. We yeah. ordered, they're having French fries. We had some wings. We're you having, did a devotional. Well, you know, we're enjoying ourselves. Did some Ale loose groups. Clinking glasses. You oh, know what okay. I'm saying? That's fine. Like everything's great. Because you're I, not stuck in it. And we feel awful. But, yeah. but I really am like anxious, very anxious and very like, oh, my, my wife is having to suffer without, like if someone's going to suffer, we should do it together. That really is that feeling. Right. So yes, they finally let him in. Concert started. All was well. Uh-huh. It redeemed things. So it kept raining all night. So then we went and drove around the stadium because we shut down that restaurant at 11. Drove around the stadium trying to figure out our exit strategies. Yeah. You know, and Johnny, I bet you there were 5,000 people outside the stadium yeah. listening on three different bridges across the river. And then some people were just standing. Like I saw this group of 500 people or so just standing like oddly. Like, mm-hmm. like there was no marking. They were just standing on this sidewalk. And I realized that was the spot they could see through and see the screen in its right. fullness. And we saw the screen some. And the security, we noticed, like, as long as you're just walking, they, you know, you could go anywhere you want except in. Yeah. Boy, that'll preach. Mm-hmm. Some know. of y'all are just standing, hoping you can just catch a glimpse. Yeah. When all you had to do was buy a ticket and you could have got Wait, to. All you had to do was stay in motion and act like you're below. Hold on. Just act. Just walk confidently through security. Just like Jesus did. Yeah. Wait. Like, we literally stood there for a minute looking through, and they finally were like, all right, get out of here. It was 1230 at that point. I was like, oh, yeah, but God forbid that we have some joy at 1230 at night. Like yeah, I was, <laughs> that's true. Keep but, it moving, folks. Don't you stand here and listen to this concert that you didn't pay for. Right. It's like, Wait, yeah. Yeah. I can't believe they said that. There was people. There were ladies who stood there and just fought with security guards because they oh. insisted. And the security guards yelling at them like, ma'am, you cannot stand here. And she, I don't know what she was saying. I was like, hey. It is interesting to tell people they can't stand on a city street. Well, it's the sidewalk outside the stadium. Yeah. So I'm assuming it's still the stadium property all the way through the parking lot. Wow. I don't know. I know we saw a lot because we just kept circling. Mm -hmm. And guys, isn't that just like our lives? Sometimes you just got to keep circling. You didn't need to buy that third ticket. I didn't need the third ticket. The third ticket was in the experience that I had. Well, and that then you say Sadie basically filmed the whole thing with her phone. <laughs> so, Did got, she enjoy the show? Like it's so odd it. to me that people like film things and I'm like I I want to I want people to be more present. She had that realization. She goes, first of all, she thought, well, first of all, the camera's going to be shaky because I wasn't paying attention all the time. I was like, "Honey, it doesn't matter. You were there." Yeah. And then she goes, "You know, I should have filmed less so I'd have been more present." I think she actually said that. Wow, she's. And I was like, "Honey, it's okay. Everybody was filming it. Like, you know, there's yeah. that evaluation of whether you did the concert right. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's right. really not the concert yeah, was what it a, was. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. let it be what it is. But I get that. Um, they did the songs. Of course, we're listening and we're following the set list. I'm going, "Okay, we're at song." I remember we're like, "Okay, we're at song 20." Oh, you already knew the set list. Yeah, the set list is out because she's done a bunch of these. Yeah. So it's like, we're at song 20 out of 45. Unbelievable. And it's like 1230 at night or yeah. 1230 in the morning. So we walked to the 7-Eleven right mm-hmm. there. That was an experience. Yeah. Um, lots of interesting people hanging out in downtown Nashville at that time. Yeah. Well, that's what they think of you. They're like, look at this yeah, weirdo. Look at this guy. What's going on? Um, and then... Um, we kind we kind of got into one of the lots somehow without someone seeing us, and we were able to get the girls into the car, but we had to wait. So you called it. Yeah. When I went to bed, it was four a.m. Man, last night, and we had a friend. What's the latest? That's the latest you've gone to bed in oh, probably yes. fifteen years. Um, that'll be since probably youth pastor days of a lock-in where I didn't go to bed at all. Yeah. I can't. So this I can't is think not. You're not. Because you even said no. We'll still meet at eleven because like. Even if I go to bed late, like I can't sleep in. I yeah. go, okay, so I text you at 10. I go, we still meeting at 11 a.m.? You go, can we push it to one? <laughs> I read that into your text. Can we push it? You care if we? Oh, that was right. It's day yeah. one. Although I wasn't able to go back to sleep, I could have got up then. I yeah. was up at 10. But you were just haggard. I, I was the one up first because um, Laura usually can't go to sleep, so she's probably up later than me. But And then, mm. of course, when Sadie did get up, it was awesome. We set out on the deck by the fire because it was a little cool this morning yeah and just watched all of her videos from last night so i like basically relived the whole concert and she was nice. talking me through it you know and um but it was redeemed and i'm very grateful i'm like for real i was praying like man if possible could we just do this concert and by the way there was still lightning in the area 
for sure. Because we were out there. They just didn't. They they were like, to me, when I when I heard that, I was like, there'll be another pocket of storms, and they've got people back in their seats now. It's almost like if we had a second pandemic, they'd be uh, like, there's no way these people sorry, are going to ever wear masks again. Yeah, we're like, not doing this. We ruined yeah. it. <laughs> Nobody's doing anything. We're like, already did it. Bring on the show. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, it was. Um, it was. I'm telling you, man. It was. It was. It was. Well, now they got a great story. Yeah, they they, they 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 suffered for their Taylor Swift experience. Yeah, you suffered with what you paid, but I'm saying like the other people who attended. Yeah, in, on Friday and Saturday night, they just got like the it was all awesome. oh my goodness. We had to go down and get our seats, and like a hot dog was twenty dollars. They had to stand in the rain next to hours. like huddled masses yeah. of weeping people. Yeah, for four hours. Yeah. This, so they they put in some work. They did for their T Swift. And I will I will say this: I don't want to get money in trouble. Oh, okay. But they may or may not, in the middle of all that, have walked down to a much lower section, and security just didn't care. Do you think some people had left those seats? I don't know, but huh. I know this: they were down much lower than the tickets we bought, and security was great with it, and so they got really great view of the con that they were. So you're saying that people should break the rules. I'm saying, guys, when you see a rule mm-hmm. that there may be a time, mm-hmm. I think it's Ecclesiastes that says there's a time for everything. Right. There's a, a time. time to keep the rules. There's a time to break the rules. I don't think it's, it's right there, guys. Solomon. A time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing. embracing. A time to move from 300 to 100. Are you an embracer? Yeah. Like, like with regular people? Like when, when you, when, how long do you know somebody before you go? It's time to bring it in for the real thing. I'll hug somebody within three, three times. If we've hung out for three times, I could do. Now it might be a, it might be a, not a full handshake, but like a thumb over thumb kind of. Hey, bro, right. kind of thing. I, I, even people that I know well, I find myself doing the handshake and then pulling yeah, them that's immediately. What I'm getting at. Pull them in. Yeah, and then a little like double pat on the back. Yeah, kind of thing. I mean, it's scriptural, right? I mean, technically, you're supposed to kiss them if you're going to be really scriptural, but okay, I don't do that. Yeah, that's probably a that's a that's probably a, Europeans they probably do, do this kiss on the cheek more or yeah. kiss on the lips. Our friend Pastor Ed from South America, he would give you kisses on the cheek. Okay, yeah, it was very sweet. You know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. a I, I appreciated the affection. I do think Americans are weirded out by affection in a possibly unhealthy way. Yeah. There's a standoffishness, standoffness, standoffishness, miss, yeah, standofficity, if you will, um, right to it. See, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hugger. Yeah, I mean, I was a mama's boy. My mom was, my mom was, she was one of those people that always just say like, I'm a hugger, like to somebody that she just met. Yeah, like she would refuse the, the handshake or the, yeah, whatever. She'd be offended by a fist bump. I don't know if she lived oh. long enough to be fist, fist bumps to be prevalent. Yeah. I would have loved to hear what your mom said about fist bumps. Yeah. She was. She had a very strong stance oh. about these kind of greetings. I would have loved it, actually. Uh, she had a very important paper that she wrote about. <laughs> <laughs> what publication? About side what pub- hugs. She thought the side hug was a gateway hug. Mm. You know, it leads to other things. Yeah, it leads she to was other like, hugs. Yeah, you're hugging now, side, but then what? what? What happens next? Be careful out there. Right. The first side hug's probably free. Yeah. After that, you're caught, bro. You're caught in a trap. Uh, I've seen it. A, I mean, this is the once. This is the one time I've seen it. Yes. But, um, it's the only time. It's never happened. Yeah. But. It was a good weekend, and it followed a week in Dallas. So me and several staff members were in. The uh, Big D. In Dallas for. Because people think Detroit is the Big D. Mm-mm. I mean, it's another city that starts with a D that's large, but. Yes. I think. Technically, there was a song, right? We talked about that. That I hate, and my friend, our friend Weston, who passed away, he loved to torture me with the song because mm-hmm. I think going through the big ding, you don't mean Dallas. I can't believe what the judge had to tell us is just uh-huh. an affront to songwriting, yes. and there's jealousy and envy because someone's house is paid off ten times over from that bad line, and maybe they're listening right now, laughing. Mm-hmm. That's like, jokes on you, sucker. Yeah, they don't care. But but anyway, he just loved it. So, but I did go to the Big D, and I do mean Dallas. Yes, and uh, and it was awesome. We had a really good time. So many friends in Dallas uh, over the years that have brought me to do things at their church, and uh, you were just there the week before me. Uh huh. 
Yeah. I typically I'm there. I could still feel the reverberations in the town. It, I made an impact. The city was a buzz. You know what I'm saying? There was a yeah, yeah, an electricity. I, I did a men's conference for Gateway Church there in Dallas, one of the larger churches in Dallas, and uh, they're always they've always been so good to me, and it was it's always fun to go back. I've always thought of Gateway Church as like a gateway. It's church. a gateway. It's more of a. It's like you're going to enjoy your next church, right? It gets you go. <laughs> <laughs> Have you made that joke there? No, I need to. You're that's right. Good. That's, like, yeah. that's good. I feel like this is more of a gateway church. <laughs> like I don't plan on staying. Yeah, um, but it really it kind of demystified church. Me, I was like, okay, church. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. And now I'm looking right for my next church. Uh, do you guys thanks valid- gateway? Do you validate parking? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Can I? <laughs> is that the? You probably have to ride a tram in their parking lot there. I'm assuming. It's, it's, a, it's big. I didn't uh, because I'm the talent. Right. They bring you right up. They did. They pulled. There's like security guys that pull. Cum. I feel bad because they, they know what car to look for. They're told in advance. Oh, wow. Really? They pull Even a cone. Even a rental? Yeah. They like, what are you driving? And then I told them and they were like, wow. oh, oh and sweet, they pull sweet. a cone and I pull up to the thing. And then they there's a guy that comes out and walks you in. Oh. It's a lot. Oh, I've been there with you. If security people. I don't remember all. Of, I don't remember how we got in. Like I kept walking away from the security guys because I would go back and forth to my table uh-huh. to seek to greet people and like shake hands and they stuff. They didn't like that. No, they were like, we're going to put an ankle monitor on you because you keep walking out without us. They were like laughing about it there. I was like, I just don't, I'm not used to this. I don't, I like, I didn't get into this to get away from people. So I like being around. I'm not afraid for, I mean, I know you got to whatever. Right. And there's some people who I guess that they work with that they don't want to get caught in a two hour conversation with somebody. Yeah. But that's just, I'm not that, I like when people come up and talk to me. Yeah. You Now, sometimes if somebody comes up and they're like. I got one for you. Uh-huh. And you're like, okay, I'll, sure. And sometimes it's really funny. Most of the time it's super racist. <laughs> and you're like, I don't like That's this. I don't like this joke, Pastor. Security? Could you? <laughs> pastor. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but most of the sometimes they'll tell me a joke. I'm like, That's a hysterical joke. Do you often recognize the joke from someone else? Yeah, or I'll say that's a street joke or it's a joke joke, you know, yeah. it's a it's a joke book joke that they're telling. Yeah. But sometimes I'll be like, That's Ken Davis or that's Tim Hawkins or yeah, that guy I know that guy, I worked with that guy on the road. Sometimes yeah. I'll know or it's you know, I know a lot of comedy just because it's it's my whole it's, it's the language of my childhood is knowing those bits and like memorizing them and saying them at the eighth grade lunch table. So it's easy for me to remember if somebody's yeah. telling a joke that I recognize. Stephen Wright uh, so I did this joke in my show and I credited Stephen Wright because I was talking about how I have a dark sense of humor yeah. even though I do comedy in churches a lot. And uh, and I was said that Stephen Wright, who was a hero of mine as a kid, and people were, people were clapping in the audience because it was a little bit older crowd, a middle-aged to older crowd. And I said, he was on a talk show recently and they asked him what his favorite joke that he'd ever written was. And I said, it was kind of an unexpected joke for me. I don't think I remembered him ever telling it. But it made me laugh so hard because I love dark humor. And I told the joke. And uh, this was the joke. He said, I guess it's a true story. He said, when I was a teenager, my father died. And he said, I went to the funeral. And it was an open casket. And I was looking at my father in the casket. It was such a strange sight. And I started thinking things in my head. And he goes, and for some reason, I started thinking of my flashlight. And then I started thinking about like the batteries in my flashlight. And then I started thinking... Maybe he isn't dead. Maybe he's just in the wrong way. <laughs> and that's such a, like a really dark joke. It's like very your dark. dad's the battery in the yeah, in the casket. In the casket. <laughs> and it made me. And when I heard, like comedian, when I've ever told that joke to comedians, they really laugh. Oh yeah. But the audience that I told that that's joke did not laugh. It was too dark yeah. for them even. And here's this guy who's written a million jokes, and that was his favorite. And it was it's this weird true thing that he. Probably he's probably connected it. to his grief somehow in yeah. a way that he he yeah. it was a response to his grief to think maybe because when he says maybe dad's not dead you just go yeah. oh wow where's he going with this some spiritual place no. maybe he's just in the wrong way and I'm like it made me laugh so hard and the audience did not <laughs> laugh <laughs> well you've like when you told it I'm, I'm like should I laugh yeah like I have it that, feels that, like one of those situations right. yeah yeah I don't know that's the kind of thing I like stuff like that because death scares us grief scares us uh for some comics they talk about race because race is this prickly thing that scares people um and delineations between people groups scare us so comics poke holes in that stuff because they because it scares them too maybe 
Yeah. Or they enjoy that riding that third rail. Right. They want to just see if they can like poke at the third rail of that subject matter. I, I think there's a time and a place for it, but it was interesting. And I, this place I was at, by the way, Lincoln, Illinois, John, um, they were interesting because the city's very interesting. Yeah. I need to look it up and like confirm the whole story because you're a history guy. You would be fascinated by it. They have a, it was the courthouse maybe. We're standing in the town square. It's the traditional town square of these old Midwest towns where nothing's changed in a hundred years. Yeah. It looked like the back to the future town square, yeah. the theater, the soda jerk, the whatever, all yeah. of it's still there. It's all run down or whatever, or just less more dilapidated. But, and they had the courthouse that looked like the Save the Clock Tower courthouse. They had the whatever. They had a fire hall that originally, like until like 50 years ago, was horse-drawn carriages fire hall. Wow. Roll up doors and then here come the horse-drawn, you know, water wow. tanks. So on top of the city hall, I believe it was the city hall or the courthouse, he goes, look at that thing up there. And he, I took a picture with my phone. I'll send you the text of it. It is a glass phone booth. On top of this building. And I go, what's going on there? They go, we have really bad weather that would blow through here. And that's the highest point in the town. So you'd have like the, the unmarried person who lost the short straw that night would be the guy who would have to go and watch for the bad weather that's blowing in. So he can warn the town this up to like a few, a couple of generations ago, this was the policy. And then they decided, well, this guy's in harm's way. Let's put a phone booth up there. A phone booth has metal, though. So he's up there in this glass phone booth, and there's a phone, and he goes, the tornado is 30 clicks away or whatever. (laughs) And that was how they did it. And the phone booth is still there as like this, you know, landmark for that person. I don't... It's not aesthetically pleasing. It's not. And I said... And so I talked about it in the show. I was like, do you guys even understand how lightning works? (laughs) (laughs) right i said that is not like not only that's not a hero that's your sacrificial lamb right it's like throwing someone into the volcano it's it's exactly that (laughs) but that was the thing and so it's still there and so people come they're on route 66 that's the other thing about that town it's on route 66 which is the famous you know cross if you're crossing the country and it's the big photo op of you got to see the phone booth on top of the building in lincoln illinois wow and of course it's named after abe lincoln because it's land of lincoln illinois takes a lot of credit for Lincoln's upbringing, even though he was born in Hodgenville, Kentucky, mm. but Lincoln claims him because his childhood and, and uh, early political career. But so they had this gift, this kind of, what I was always saying like churches, church can be kind of quirky, you know, and they, they want to be fun too. And these were fun people. They had a little gift bag for me and the gift bag for whatever reason said happy birthday. I think that's what they could find. Okay. So, okay. Happy birthday. They're like, oh, I had a birthday balloon coming off the top. The balloon said it's a boy, which I thought oh, added weirdness. Yeah. Again. All in fun. Not inaccurate. No. You're a boy. True. And so I was like, I didn't look until like the opener was on stage. My friend Michelle had been uh, commissioned to open the show. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. I'll get to hang out with her. So she's on stage. I'm listening to her. Then I go, I'm going to go check out this bag. I look in the bag. There's a a felt top hat. Okay. Uh, I thought, all right. Little Lincoln. A felt beard. All right. Cool. 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 There's some other weird knickknacks and candies and things. All right. Very nice. All of this meeting a felt need, if you will. Yes, a felt need of, of mine. I reach in, there's a tintype kind of black and white photo of not Abe Lincoln. I'm like, I've seen this guy. I think I know who this is. No, it can't be. Stephen Douglas. I said, this can't be who I think it is. The next day, I didn't think about it again. I just put the, everything back in the bag and I'm driving home. I get a text from the guy who hosted the show. Thanks for coming. Man, you really killed... Uh, and it was a text of that photo. It was that same photo. Okay. And it said, you really owned Lincoln last night. That's why I sent you this. No, they did not send you John Wilkes Booth. John Wilkes Booth was in my gift bag. No. A photo of John Wilkes Booth because I killed in Lincoln. Johnny, I, I think it's a little soon. I think it's probably it's, too, it's soon. too soon. And yet they didn't laugh at my Stephen Wright. <laughs> Maybe he's in the wrong like, way. Hypocrites. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's, uh, that's probably the weirdest gift bag I've ever okay. got. I've gotten some cool things. And listen, I, I'm going to cherish it. Listen, I appreciate the creativity. I'm going to frame it. It's I, going in my. I, I don't know. I don't think you're going to. No, probably it. not. Yeah. But interesting. It was fun, and they were great. We sold it out, John. We sold out. Uh, we sold out the show. Hey, all right. 
I I'm thought that to, you saw I'm, that a long time ago. I'm starting but... to move a little. Well, listen, um, these Lincoln folks, they were they were ready for me. It was good. Mm. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, if you're interested in such a thing, I've got some shows coming up this weekend because I know this will publish today. This Friday and Saturday, I'm in Fishers, Indiana, which is near Indianapolis, oh. at uh, Fishers Comedy Magic Club. Uh, Friday and Saturday, those are going to be great. I'm also on the Bob and Tom show that morning, so that's wow. a big like syndicated radio show, and they have comedians on from time to time, and they've been doing it for th- over 30 years. And I was asked to be on the show, so I'm going to be on that. So listen for that. I think you can watch it on YouTube live. Yeah, Friday morning, the Bob and Tom show. So check that out. I think I'm on the between eight and nine central. Maybe is this Eastern. information on your website? It is, but the Bob and Tom's not. I just wanted to okay. let people know. But yes, and then uh, uh, Brilliant Wisconsin the following week. Get tickets at johnnyw.com. Mm. That's J-O-N-N-I-E, by the J-O-N-N-I-E. way. J-O-N-N-I-E. Yeah. It's a Two N's. Yeah. No H. Yeah. No H. But yeah, so cool things coming up, and I'm, I'm excited. It's very exciting. Well, I'm glad. To, I'm, 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 I'm going to be processing the gift bag for a while. It was something. I'm going to process. It's like, remember I told the story of me getting the text that said there'll be a maroon... Oldsmobile 98 coming to pick you up and I was half asleep from my yeah. hotel nap and I said no great no cops or the girl died I thought it was just so funny to say like yeah there'll be a man in a coat coming to get you or whatever and then the guy did not respond he was right. just like freaked out by my text he was just like no and it made me like am I offending I think that's that was a they took a risk with that gift bag yeah I respect and I'm the giving risk. them credit for going out on a limb yes. And I think about that, like, even in, like, my spiritual therapy journey, like, I have a tendency, after I've said or done something, yeah. number one, I have this shame spiral. Right. Like, if I share, like, I had a conversation with a, a good friend who's on staff at the conference where we are, the church, spent a lot of time, shared a lot of things, and immediately afterwards, I'm shame spiraling of, oh, I, I shared too much. Yeah. Um, I was all over the place. He's going to think this. He's going to think I'm a this, you know, and then that, that's just, I don't know how many other people deal with that. I think my spiritual walk again, going to a, Hey, there's a lot of reminders like, Hey, um, that guy's probably not thinking about you yeah, at all. You're centering yourself again. Right. When you're, when you think that the world revolves around. Usually. I mean, even if you did say something dumb, most people, sometimes I go back to try to make something right. They're like, I don't even remember you saying that. Or they're yeah. like, I didn't take it that way. Or occasionally they're like, thanks. No, I, that, yeah. that helps to understand, you know. But there has to be, I'm trying to be that guy who's a little more secure. Like, hey, just let it ride. Mm-hmm. You know, let, just be who you are and understand that this one, this one interaction or this one thing, even if, you know, it's not going to define you, you know. Um, Whatever that need is. So, yeah, it, I, I respect when someone says, I'm taking a chance. They were obviously trying to, to be funny with a comedian, and it was it was witty. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. It's it's witty. But I just, yeah. It's uh, it's edgy. It is edgy. That's it's a great the, word. It's yeah. out there. Yeah, I just don't, yeah. But I'm glad that they're okay. I think we, it's, like, I don't want to be okay with myself if I shouldn't be okay with myself. Mm-hmm. Like I'd share some stuff with you at lunch today. I was like, Hey, I and said, I said, please don't share that with anybody. Please stop. <laughs> uh, this is too much. Um, but when we got here, I was like, Hey, by the way, seriously though, if you see me falling into that, yeah, that mindset or whatever, cause I think there's some things that are changing and I think it's just community and accountability and all those things. Right. Like, hey, tell me and be on the lookout. So I'm inviting that, but at the same time I can go too far and be like, that's all I do is seek after, finding out whether or not what I said or what I'm thinking is okay. So yeah. there's to be some balance there. So, hey, maybe it's just okay. We'll just let it ride. Sometimes, John, there's patterns in your past, and you got to, like, keep being, like, we're a new creation, so we got to keep, like, re-in- reinventing and renewing. We're allowing God to renew us. But sometimes it's good to look back at the past. Oh. In a good way. Oh, you mean like... Because we can learn from it. That's just so unexpected. Yeah. I didn't know we would make such a... It reminds me of a segment that we do from time to time every week on the show. Uh, a segment where we look back at this week in history. It's called Talk About Then. Uh, President Harry S. Truman, born this week, 1884. Oh, wow. Did you know that? Died 1972. American politician, 33rd U.S. President, John, and 34th U.S. Vice President, 
which I did not know that. Well, yeah, he was FDR's vice president okay. when he died in office. So that's how true. That's right. Okay, I'm seeing this now. Uh, the the thing that was interesting to me about this is I've always heard that the S in his name did not stand for anything. Did you know, you've heard this right? I have heard this, but that's not all the way true. It did not stand for any one name. The reason it was never spelled out is because the middle initial S was chosen to honor both of his grandfathers, Anderson Ship Truman and Solomon Young. Huh. So he was trying to just be like, I don't want to say I don't want to pick for between grandpas. I got two S's that I want to honor. Oh. Uh. And there you go. Solomon and Ship. And during that time, you would not want to be called Harry S.S. Truman. No. No. That wasn't. That would have, have been bad. Which brings me to my next uh, uh this day in This Week in History. Right. May 8th, 1945. British and Americans celebrate Germany's unconditional surrender the previous day. V.E. Day. This Victor, is V.E. Victory Day. In, Victory you know in Europe Day. I forgot about that. Yep. Good stuff, man. We tend to remember D-Day more, yeah. June 6th, and we obviously remember Pearl Harbor. Right. But I think I think that's uh, December 7th. But yeah, V.E. Day, what a day, man. A pretty important day. It was. Uh, we might all be speaking German otherwise, right? Isn't that what, the, what you, people used to say? That's what I say. I don't know if anyone else does. You I've, can't. You can speak German if you just, you just have to take the, you have the to, courses. You still can, right? They haven't. You, they're not making. They're you not do prohibiting it. you from doing it. Right. You have to go. Get you the actually Bible have to go. You have to pay. Right. But Which, as, as opposed to being forced into it, yes. That's different. Those are different things. Uh, let's see. Coca Cola was invented 1886 this week, John. The soft drink Coca Cola was invented by. John S. Pemberton, I don't know what his S stood for, doesn't say. Hmm. He called it esteemed brain tonic and intellectual beverage. You know that was what? what the original name of Coca-Cola was. It's a good change. Yeah, he... They shortened it. Somebody got a brand, some a brand person, yeah. It's interesting if you watch those Food That Built Americas, um, almost all of those kinds of things, like even peanut butter, we were watching on peanut butter last yeah. night, it all started as a health mm-hmm. Like uh, some sort of remedy. Right. Some sort of. You see it now still happening. There's still some of that where it's clearly just like I'll see things and I'll be like, it'll say gluten free. And I'm like, yeah, but there was there's right, not the gluten, food, there's not gluten right. in the regular version of this. Right. It's a bottle of water. Right. <laughs> You're just trying to make it seem right. healthier than it is. It's a brand trick people have been doing for years. But yeah, originally called esteem, esteemed brain tonic and intellectual beverage. Which really is over, it's overselling what Coca-Cola is anyway. I've never thought of it as an esteemed brain tonic. I mean, even if it was a brain tonic, what makes it, what makes it esteemed? I mean, that's... And why is it an intellectual beverage? Right. I, I don't know. I, they do say... I think when I order a soda, people judge me. You think? Especially if I'm in like a, a place where there, people are drinking like either, they're getting like a, an alcoholic beverage with drink yeah. or with, with a meal and they're getting like a... You know what they're doing, whatever, and then I go, "Can I get a diet coke?" They look at me like either like I'm oh. a recovering alcoholic, right? And this is why I have to have soda. I can't be a grown up tonight, guys. Or they just look at me like I'm seven, like you're missing. You're out. drinking soda, right? You want to I like soda. It's an intellectual beverage. You want to bring to me. some chicken nuggets too while we're at it there. Yeah, or coffee's a big one. Like people drink coffee, and I don't uh. drink coffee, and so they look at me like I'm an idiot because I have soda at like eight in the morning. I look at you like that every time that I drink coffee, and you don't because I still can't figure it out. Uh, John Pemberton had previously created an opium-free pain relief medicine to alleviate his addiction to more. I did not know this. I knew that it was originally had drugs in it and that it was originally a cure for the common cold or something. But I did not know he had created an opium-free pain relief medicine to alleviate his own addiction to morphine. Wow. Which started as a result of wounds received in 1865 fighting in the Civil War. Wow. Why don't we? This is a movie. Wow. The result was the very popular French wine coca which was made from Peruvian coca wine and cola nut. In 1886, Atlanta and Fulton County passed prohibition legislation forcing him to make a non-alcoholic version in which he substituted the wine with syrup, called it Coca-Cola. While experimenting, the formula, while experimenting with the formula, he accidentally mixed the base with carbonated water. This is crazy. It's yeah. all accidental and all just happenstance and all because of prohibition and people being like ultra puritanical. This is 1880-something, though. So this is like yeah. citywide prohibition, not right. the prohibition. He liked the results so much that he decided to make a fountain drink instead of a medicine. Nearly bankrupt and suffering health issues, Pemberton sold the rights to a business to his business partner shortly before his death. He had wanted to retain a share of the ownership to leave to his son, but his son wanted the money instead. So it was like an Esau situation. Wow. So this guy could have had billions, 
the son was like, just give me the money. I don't want the shares of the. Yeah. So he bought, he, he was bought out. The original formula, which was created as an alternative to morphine, contained about nine milligrams of cocaine per glass. And it will, ti- make, will make you ti- feel better. That is a typical line. Uh, wait, a typical line of cocaine is 50 to 75 milligrams. So it was about uh, a fifth of a line, a line of cocaine was in the glass of. Interesting. So it was not a, a, a marginal amount. This was. No. Cocaine was in the drink. Uh, this was reduced to trace amounts by the early 1900s and eliminated altogether in 1929. So it's a good year to get rid of cocaine. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Stock market just crashed. You're going to want to. Well, and it, it seems like, like, I don't know what the street value of cocaine is cause I don't do drugs, but like, right. It seems sure, like it'd be an expensive, Johnny's putting be an expensive right drink. Yeah. If you're going to keep cocaine in it. Yeah. Okay. Here's one. I did not know. Speaking of, uh, our friend Abe Lincoln, did you know that this week in 1858, Abraham Lincoln, as a lawyer, used the moon to defend a client? Do you know this story? Used the moon. In what is considered his most famous case, lawyer and future U.S. president, Abraham Lincoln, used the moon to defend Duff Armstrong, which is, that sounds like a beer. <laughs> it sounds like a, a brewery. Who was accused of murdering James Preston Metzger. On August 29, 1857, Lincoln had been friends with Armstrong's recently deceased father and offered to defend him free of charge. So he takes this case pro bono. He goes into it and has his Perry Mason moment because Charles Allen testified at the trial that just at midnight, or just before midnight, he saw Armstrong strike Metzger with a slung... It says slungshot. It must be slingshot. No, a slingshot. A weight tied to a leather thong. Huh. I'm sure thong means something different it's just in the a, 18. Yeah. Anyway, it must be like a mace. He's slinging it around. It's yeah. a slung shot. Anyway, I'm reading this from This Week in History. I'm not, these are not made-up facts. Allen claimed he was about 150 feet away at the time. When Lincoln asked Allen how he could identify Armstrong in the middle of the night from that distance, Allen claimed he could see by the light of the full moon. Lincoln then took out an almanac and showed that at the time of the murder, the moon was in its first quarter and riding low on the horizon and was just about to set. Lincoln claimed not only was the witness lying about the full moon, it would have been impossible to have enough moonlight to see clearly that night, plus proving he was lying. The jury agreed, acquitted Armstrong. The case became known as the Almanac Trial. Wow. So this is Perry Mason. He proved wow. that his client was innocent. Wow. And it was this friend of his family, I guess. He'd taken the case for nothing. He probably rides the fame of that, you know, acquittal right. to political prestige. And he probably knew about all the moon stuff because of his side work as a vampire slayer. Yes. Yes. Or hunter. Is that what they called him? Yeah. You're right. Interesting. I did not know that. You're the big history guy. You didn't know this? Did you know that uh, I knew the part about Lincoln being undefeated as an amateur wrestler? Like he was a pugilist. So he was a boxer and wrestler, and he was undefeated. Like he was a he was a hoss. I'm, so, they called him. That's why they called him. What, no, that was he was the one they called. They called him something. He had a name. It wasn't Old Hickory. That was Andrew Jackson. But he was called something that was like he's a tough son of a gun kind of a nickname. Oh, no old teak. I am. <laughs> <laughs> he's waterproof. He's totally waterproof. <laughs> I am ashamed to say mm-hmm. I have the Lincoln book yeah. by John Meacham. It's a big one, though. I haven't cracked it yet. You've I'm skimmed reading it. several others. There's a reason I haven't read it. you got to break the spine of that thing. You know whose spine you couldn't break? Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. He'll stretch you out he there. He'll would. put you in the camel clutch. Oh, that guy. Mother's Day was established, John, this week, 1914. Oh. And I know you fought me about this. You're like, Why? What's the big deal about their contributions? I don't remember. And I was like, John, this has been around for a long time. You're like, we got to get rid of Mother's Day. I don't. <laughs> Haven't they taken enough glory on themselves? And I'm like, whoa, dude. I can't believe we had that conversation. I mean, it it's is weird. Almost fantastic. These are your words. Right. right. Moms must be stopped. <laughs> no, it's great. And uh, so congratulations to all the mothers. And we, we love you. And we're very proud. Although I do have that one video where it's like Mother's Day sermons versus Father's Day sermons. Yes. You know, you've seen that where it's like. The Mother's Day, so I'm like, we just want to just give recognition to all the mothers. Can we have them stand? What would we do without you? And then you go to the Father's Day sermon, just like, y'all need to step up. <laughs> You're flaking out on your families. You have spiritual responsibility. Grow up. You know, <laughs> happy Father's Day. Exactly. Yeah, that's kind of sad. It's kind of sad, true. but true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we do want to give a shout out. I have Mother's Day message this week. Do you really? Which we don't I, usually do a Mother's Day message, but I think people have shied away from it too much that we overcorrect. Well, I'm in a Proverbs series, yeah. So I feel like it could 
we could we could bring it in. We could bring them together. Yes, a little bit. You know what I'm saying? See that you do. Proverbs has a lot to say about Muslims. Uh, I got one more for you, John. Hold on. This one's a good one. The it man, better be good. The man who lived through doomsday was not aware of this person. May eighth, nineteen o two, a volcano outside the city of Saint Pierre on Martinique Island erupts, killing almost all of the thirty thousand inhabitants within a matter of minutes. Oh dear. Ludger Silberis survived because he was locked in a prison in solitary confinement. The night before the volcanic eruption, Silberis got into a fight and was thrown into the jail overnight for assault. The single-person jail cell was bomb-proof uh, with stone walls partially underground with no windows, and the only opening was a small slit in the door facing away from the volcano early in the morning of May 8th. It erupts, sends a cloud of ash and rock in the speeds of 100 miles per hour into the city of St. Pierre. The cloud reached temperatures are over 1,830 degrees Fahrenheit, wow. flattening the city and burning or suffocating almost all the entire population in less than a minute. Jeez. So Paris urinated on his clothing and used them to block the vent in his door. So he's getting a little MacGyverish because he knew, like, I'm de- I don't know how he knew what was wow, happening yeah. was happening. But this is the story. So he managed to avoid breathing the deadly searing hot fumes, but he still received deep burns on his hands, arms, legs, and back. He wasn't found until four days later when rescue teams heard his cries for help. The only other survivor uh, in the direct path of the lava flow was a girl who, when the volcano began to erupt, jumped into a boat and rowed to a cave where she and friends used to play pirates. She was badly burned and was found unconscious after having been washed out to sea on the boat. Silberis later joined Barnum and Bailey Circus, billed as... The man who lived through Doomsday. Wow. He was the first black man ever to star in Barnum and Bailey's greatest show on earth. This is an unbelievable story. Right. That's Tra- a movie. It's tragic. Yeah, it is. Ooh. But then you could make the movie, but then he's got to pee on his clothes. Oh. I mean, do you shoot around that? What's going on there? That's a maybe there could be a you water pan bucket. away, you just hear splashing. I don't know what you do. A water bucket in the room. Yeah. You can take some poetic yeah. license. Right. Yeah. Um, some creative how do you feel like your chances are of surviving like an apocalyptic event you <sighs> think we're good. a little we're a little soft right i feel like i, feel like I, I know you've been through a lot with the t-swift yeah stuff last pre- night there was me. a lot of traffic i was like did man, you feel a little trapped did it feel like man, the earth was closing in on you there was a while there i wasn't sure i could get a refill of my drink yes and that was that was hard mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and um when we got there, actually, we, we had to get there. So let's get out and walk around a little bit. We got out and it started raining again. Yeah. Like just sprinkling. And you grabbed someone and said, tell the world my story. And we, we just ran back to our cars. Yeah. While our wives and daughters were just in there getting soaked, you know. Yeah, but they're enjoying uh, T-Swift. It's, it's a different thing. Yeah. That's part of it, too. And you know, they were like, I bet the visuals from that show are going to be oh. unbelievable. Like the video screen with the raindrops the stuff coming on down. The screen. And when you have this, like, we don't care and we're still going to do this because we love our fans attitude. Because yeah. I've seen a few shows like that where yeah. it's raining and the band just goes, let's just play on. We're going to stay if you're going to stay. And it was like, that's what she said. She yeah. said rain shows is a special kind of. Now, mm-hmm. what she wasn't saying is, is they would not let them leave because they were sheltered in place. Yeah. So it's like, you guys stayed with us yeah it was like yeah we didn't have a choice yeah it's like that thing uh, of the the fake encore where they don't let the light they don't turn, turn the, the lights, lights up, up and then they come out like all surprised like you wouldn't let us leave and you're like you didn't turn yeah, on we the couldn't lights. see yeah. where to yeah. yeah the security guards would not let us yeah there was a but yes up. please do another song as long as you're here yes i, I did I, I she it was i think special and unique mm-hmm. so um uh, i do think if if there was some sort of major crisis i don't know johnny i think uh i think you're my guy in a crisis i think i want to know if i see you you're like the stewardess on the plane oh, i say stewardess flight attendant there you go you're the flight attendant on the plane like if you you never get worried about turbulence unless you see them worry right that's me with you okay i think a lot of people you're that you're that you're the uh you're the coal mine canary okay you're in there like if john's looking peaked oh this is something Something bad, right? It means start peeing on your start peeing on your clothing and stuffing it under doors. <laughs> it's like, um, sir, it's a flood. Yeah, it's sir, a- this is Arby's. I need you. <laughs> You're like, we're all gonna die. They're out of beef and cheddar, uh, sir. Please get a hold of yourself. <laughs> we're gonna have to ask you to leave. Uh, no, but I think you do have that. You have like an influence of like you bring perspective and calm to situation so if you're not calm 
we we as normal people freak out more. I that's yeah. what's interesting because. You know why that that if I give off that I'm still not sure if there's you feel a responsibility to project. That. I'm not sure if there's a punchline coming or not for this. No, no, no. Right? I really do feel that way. So I'm holding. But uh, if that's there, what's crazy is I told someone last night that's because I've already mulled over all the worst case scenarios. Yeah. And I was like, I've learned in my last few years, and I can say this without I think pride, like it sometimes takes a lot of courage mm-hmm. for me just to show up. <laughs> like yeah. show up in my life because right. I've already thought of what could go wrong here yeah. for all of us, you know. So trying to be yeah. courageous, you know. But I appreciate that. So I think well, what you're seeing here is me just trying to. I'm know. working on like fighting cynicism these days because I think like the reason it bothers me is not just because it's destructive. I feel like cynicism is destructive, but I feel like it is so easy. Yeah, and it. I think it's cowardly to be cynical because it's like. Well, I can. It's almost like a self fulfilling prophecy too. You can be like, "Well, this will probably go bad," and then when it goes bad, you can be like, "See, I was right," and you might have made it go bad because of your terrible right. attitude. I think it's so much more courageous to be hopeful about things. Yeah, and I want to be around hopeful people, so I want to be one of those people. So, all that said, John, I'm working on it. I think you're doing great. Okay, good. I think it's a start. You know, I have a book title. If I give it, I can't give it away. Okay, don't. But, but if I did, because I want to write a book about hope. I got a book that I'm writing, and I can't even give it away. <laughs> So, do not look for it. Well, it will not be out. I, you're not going to find it. But I I want to write about from a cynical person's chair yeah. about hope. Because usually you hear about hope. Mm-hmm. You might hear from someone who has a, a story of suffering, you know, but I yeah. think, like, specifically, like, no, 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 I, I'm not of seven. Like, I'm not sitting around thinking this is all going to work out right. kind of thing. And so, to, for I think you're right. It takes a lot of courage to go find hope. And that's why God offers it. But it almost you feel you feel foolish hoping these days. You feel irresponsible. But most bad things don't happen. But there's a lot the of bad fears. things. That, there are bad things happening, and that's I'm one of those guys that's like I don't look like I'm putting my head in the sand. There's see, all this bad stuff going on. I should be outraged constantly. Yeah, I think it's less to me about bad things happening and more about my lack of trust in people and systems. Yeah. Like that, I don't trust that that's going to work out because I don't trust those people. Yeah. You know, are are thinking for the good of the whole or thinking through the entire problem or seeing more than one side. Um, it, the church cynicism is huge. Like I, I don't assume you're going to stay, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like how many years, but by the way, they asked a question. This is crazy. At the, uh, at, conference, at, the speaking at. Confer- yeah. at the conference, we were talking about speaking and preaching specifically. And they were like, all right, stand up. Everyone stand up. If you've been preaching for a year, sit down. Mm-hmm. You're preaching for five years, sit down. And I had to get my phone out, Johnny, because I haven't done this math in a long time. Or if you've been preaching for less than five years, sit down. So you, yeah, five people stayed up if you were late. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it keeps going up. Right. You know. Do you know how many years I've been preaching? I don't know. 28. Wow. I started when I was 16 pretty consistently. And one, I felt immediate shame, like, how can I not be better at this <laughs> than I am right now? But the other side was like, wow, that's... I don't think everything I feel is cynicism sometimes. I think it's experience. Yeah. At some point you go, oh, I've seen this happen 12 times now in my yeah. life. Like, you know, I'm confident. Yeah. But it's hard then to hope that maybe something different can happen. Yeah. So I, I agree with you. I think, I think you're on the right path. Let's, let's move past cynicism. But we're going to believe in people and we're going to trust and we're going to and and I'm will and here's the cool thing is like when you get surprised by a great outcome it kind of okay now you that kind of like gives you this little burst of mm-hmm. yeah it's good stuff yeah it's more courageous to be hopeful I'm I'm get I'm getting there John we're gonna get there yeah yeah and hey you know if we don't we'll just get up and try again that's the good news about grace how bro. many times do I gotta all the times every day every day you're alive a new chance Johnny. <laughs> I don't want to keep trying. I want to be done. Dear listener, we're glad you gave us another try. I'm shocked. If you want to support the show, go to talkaboutthatpodcast.com. You can find ad-free episodes there if you click on that. And uh, all of our archived episodes are on there, video and audio. Yes. And subscribe, leave a review. We love it when you do. It helps people find the show. Yeah. JohnnyW.com and JohnDriver.com are places you can find all kinds of things from the two of us. Uh, you can find Johnny's tour dates that are upcoming. Maybe buy some tickets there. It's time for our photo shoot, our group 
we need more promo photos and you, you've yeah. made me wait you're like i want to wait let's mm. do it john it's time well jeffrey's home now okay so for a minute right so he's off to his next he can snap setting i want like a shot of us like arms folded back to back like a buddy comedy like a this guy looking <laughs> over our shoulder at each other i yeah. think that's the new yeah i've been wondering what the pose is going to be like i feel like it needs to be not me, me pointing at you and you pointing to me like this <laughs> clown or like me with an apple on my head and you with a bow and arrow that's a that's, that's a wide shot <laughs> probably right that wouldn't be a close-up it's a tiny bow and arrow oh. it's like one of those finger bows that's like a like you're just like i'm cherubic i don't know I'm you're cupid. just looking at the apple mm-hmm. and maybe like the bow and arrow is your wit you know what i'm saying maybe it's like implied it's like there's know. an implied bow and arrow We'll, do, we'll work on it. You be John Wilkes Booth. I'll, no, we won't do any of that. That's in poor taste. I always have to be John Wilkes. I don't want to be John Wilkes Booth. No, no. Uh, hey, listener, thanks for the time. Leave that review, man. Check out that website and uh, come join us again next week on Talk About That. A powerful prayer life does not require hiking a mountain to be able to hear from God. God can meet us right in the middle of our busy lives to help, guide, and speak to us through prayer. I'm Christina Patterson, host of the Teach Us to Pray podcast, providing practical teaching and encouragement on how you can make prayer a natural and consistent part of your everyday life. I promise it won't require hiking a mountain, but you just might develop the faith to move one. Listen and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.